Hi everyone, I'm Inez. Welcome to the Wellness Code Podcast. In this episode, I talk to Nina of the Mindful Living blog, where she shares resources and writes extensively on how to live more mindfully. Through her writing, she aims to further the dialogue on slowing down and bringing awareness to our day-to-day living. I'm so grateful for having the opportunity to speak with Nina and connect with her in such a meaningful way. Here's our conversation. Nina, welcome to the Wellness Code Podcast. I'm really excited to talk to you today, tonight, or morning time for you, that is, (laughs) and to have a bit of a chat about your journey into mindful living. Um, I really just want to hear about your story. That's really what I'm curious about, and then we can get into some more specific questions that I I can't wait to ask about. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I think especially during this time, the topic of mindful living is very relevant. And I think my journey with it began how a lot of transformational journeys begin, which is I started in a place that was almost the polar opposite of mindful living. And what I mean by that is I was not in a good place mentally or physically. I was in a place where I was really struggling with anxiety. I didn't know it at the time, but I was having panic attacks on a regular basis. Um, I was having trouble with my physical health because of the stress and anxiety that I was experiencing. I started having a lot of issues with my immune system and staying healthy physically. So I knew that I didn't want to stay in this place. Yet at the same time, I wasn't really sure where to turn. I felt bombarded by everything going on in my life, the fast pace of my life, and I didn't know how to slow down. But I know or I knew that I had to slow down to get back in touch with myself and figure out how to course correct and get back on track. So I really began by trying to get back to my roots. And that is when I ended up beginning my website, um, Mindful Living, and it started off as a blog. And it was really a way for me to start processing everything going on in my life and my, my thoughts, my feelings, my sensations in the hopes of connecting with others who were experiencing the same thing in their life. And through that, my journey of mindful living began unfolding really organically. And I was able to 
put together this sort of framework of what mindful living means to me and the different stages that I experienced as I was going through my journey. And, you know, I want to also add that mindful living is an ongoing practice. I think that oftentimes we want immediate results. We want the overnight transformation Mm. and we'll seek out quick fixes to do that. But really, it's just this practice of coming back to awareness and using that as a tool to, to reconnect or yeah. ground it again or right mm. exactly mm. and I can explain more of this as I can kind of take you through this framework I put together but I'll pause there um, because that is a quick overview in a nutshell of my journey mm. yes please um Yes, please take us through. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but I guess, so everything that you said there, it really, it resonates with me. Um, and I can almost picture us in this fast-paced society where we are smitten, surrounded by chaos. Mm-hmm. And we intuitively are as, you know, we are an organism And so intuitively, we seek a little bit of stillness. We seek a little bit of less chaos. And I think our, as beings, as as an organism, we seek that out. But as you said, we are, we can find ourselves, you know, we're not sure where to start. We're not sure how to begin. We know something isn't right. We know we want to slow down a little bit. We want to, you know, find some stillness, a simple life, a slower life. And um, I suppose when we first notice that chaos, that can be almost a catalyst for, uh, for change. Right. Noticing that. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. And as I touched on a little bit before too, it's an ongoing practice. And with time, we learn how instead of trying to control our outside circumstances, we learn how to navigate our reactions to our inner world and our outer world. And I really think that is the essence in the transformative qualities of mindful living. Oh, um, see, that's the bit that is that is the bit that I am so interested in, and that is the bit that I find a lot of value in um, as I slowly identify with practicing mindfulness and implementing this in my life on. Um, on more consistent basis, it's that 
how do we, there is a difference between the way in which we respond and when we react. Right. And I feel that's like the cookies and cream of mindfulness practice. Do you mind if we just should be, can you kind of take me into that a bit more? Yes, absolutely. So I think a good place to start would be how I define mindful living. And I want to throw out a disclaimer because I think that there are so many interpretations out there of what mindful living is, what mindfulness is, what meditation is. And I think the key concept within all of those definitions is awareness. And we need to be aware more than we need to be right. And what I mean by that is whatever helps us understand the concept of awareness and practice it in our own lives, that is the most important, more important than having a very formal definition of awareness. Mm. And so with that being said, my definition of mindful living is the all-encompassing transformation that takes place when we practice awareness. And I can repeat that one more time. Mm-hmm. Mindful living is the all-encompassing transformation that takes place when we practice awareness. So let's go through the different stages of this. So yes, please. And and you and as I've said as I read your content and went through your blog, mm-hmm. um I felt that. I felt that you were taking me through these stages in a very intuitive, slow manner. So we'll come back to that later, but um, just to kind of um, reiterate what I communicated to you earlier um, is that, and I, and I think people will have a chance to connect with you and kind of check in with your content as well. So I'm just putting that out there. Mm-hmm. But yes, please go ahead and, and take us through that. Sure, absolutely. So I think the first step, and I'm careful when I say step, because mindful living is not a linear process. And I think that all of these quote-unquote steps that I would like to talk about are not mutually exclusive. They can be happening in different areas of your life at the same time. And so that is going back to the idea that this is a practice. It's a lifelong practice that we evolve in throughout our lifetime. So with that being said, the first part of the framework is 
to acknowledge and observe our thoughts, our emotions, our sensations. And I think for someone who may be hearing this for the first time, Mm -hmm. they might think, well, what does that mean? And so (laughs) I, I think it can be kind of hard to grasp. And so an example that I like to use is just using a physical object. So let's say we have a pen. We are holding a pen in our hand and we are acknowledging and observing this pen. So we're saying, this is a pen and I am holding it in my hand. The same thing is true with acknowledging and observing these thoughts, feelings, or sensations. We're not trying to solve anything at this point. We're just saying, this is how I feel. I'm acknowledging it's there and moving on from there. And I think the next part of the framework that tends to happen organically is self-inquiry. So this is when we begin trying to make sense of what we are experiencing. So asking questions like, why do I feel this way? What made me feel this way? You know, what is happening that brought me to this? And I think that self-inquiry can get a little bit messy because it can bring up uncomfortable feelings um, for some people. Well, for all people, I would say, because we're starting to slowly bring thoughts and feelings and beliefs to the surface that we would feel more comfortable leaving under the surface. We don't necessarily want to (laughs) dig these things up. So I think in this stage, it's really easy to, you know, ask, why do I feel this way? And maybe identify with a more surface level explanation so that we can go back to what feels comfortable to us and kind of leaving these things under the surface. So in this stage, I think really the challenge is um, to encourage yourself to really dive a little bit deeper. And I think what's helpful in this stage is asking yourself supportive questions using positive language um, rather than judgmental language. Mm. And really practicing showing yourself compassion for the answers that come to you. So as we work through self-inquiry, we then move into, okay, we need to somehow process the answers 
that are coming to us. And I think it's really natural to feel like we need to jump into problem solver mode. We need to fix. We need to solve immediately. But in living mindfully, we recognize that there is a significance in allowing space between ourselves and our thoughts, emotions, sensations. And in that space, we can, again, observe them instead of reacting to to them immediately. And I think in this stage, it's important to recognize that we all interpret the world and information in a different way. So it's important to find a way to process your thoughts and emotions in a way that works for you, in a way that feels good to you. So I think that some good starting points are allowing yourself to find some quiet time throughout your day, maybe beginning a journaling practice, um, meditation techniques. Mm. And, And I can kind of talk about this a little bit more because I would love to also touch on how to make all of this practical because it's all can seem very conceptual. Um, But just reiterating the point of finding what feels good to you. And for an example, I am someone who is more of an internal processor. So I have a much easier time thinking through my thoughts, writing my thoughts than I do, um, you know, verbally expressing my thoughts, which is the irony of that right now as I'm, (laughs) as I'm speaking my thoughts to you. But, you know, where someone like me might need or might work well with a journaling practice. Someone who is more of an external processor, that might not work for them. Something that might be more helpful to them would be finding someone in their life who is a trusted individual and can be a sounding board for them and maybe help them with those points of self-inquiry by asking meaningful questions and helping them verbally process. Um, so I think that's the biggest takeaway with the, the stage of processing uh, thoughts, emotions, and sensations. And so the final stage, as we are working through all of these things, I think that we naturally begin connecting with our true self and our authentic self, 
which to me means that we begin operating from a place of awareness instead of reactivity. And we are then able to identify our role in how we are interacting with the world around us as well as how we are interacting with our inner world. And along with that, I also want to add a note that, again, this isn't linear. And this stage of connecting with your true self isn't a point of completion, but rather a beginning, the beginning of your journey. And I think it is so important to always invite in a sense of curiosity with this work. And I think that the more aware we become in our lives, the more we recognize how vast the universe is and how much more information is out there so much more than we will ever be able to take in in one lifetime. Mm -hmm. And so always coming back to this practice of mindful living from the approach of curiosity and, and knowing that we are never going to have all of the answers. We are never going to alleviate all of our problems or the problems of our world, but we can have a powerful influence through changing how we react within ourselves and then with the outer world. What I find is that if we have the if we sort of practice a mindful checking, a mindful pause, doing yoga on a regular basis, we also harness this um, this this energy and the capacity to come back um, a lot sooner so that I'm still going to be frustrated, I'm going to be upset, but perhaps it'll last 30 minutes and not three hours. That's, that's, I think, one of the, that's like that added benefit where I noticed the the rise within myself and, hey, you're only human. Yes, (laughs) this isn't about being just kind of chilled out and peaceful all the time. Definitely not. Uh, But you may notice that you come back to the center with a lot less friction. My analogy is using a palm tree. And I love that through the storm, the palm tree has, you know, it kind of sways back and forth. And it's this big, tall tree and it sways back and forth in the storm. And then, then, but it stays grounded. Um, and I find through my own practice, which I practice very little, but that's something that I've noticed within myself. Yes, beautifully said. And 
I was listening to a podcast the other day um, with Eckhart Tolle. And one of the things he said, which I loved, was everybody comes to their own evolution. And I think that in mindful living, one of the most challenging aspects can be interacting with other people and the thoughts and emotions that they evoke in us. And as you are saying, the concept of these things are still going to happen, but we have have these tools to come back to our center much more quickly is so important. And I think it's also important to realize that every one of us is on our own path and our own journey with this. And another thing that Eckhart Tolle says that I love is that life will always present us with the circumstances that will evolve our consciousness. And I think that in dealing with these circumstances and learning how to recenter ourselves, um, keeping that in mind when we are presented with challenging, challenging people, challenging times like we are in right now can be really powerful too. So I guess, what does the work look like? How do we practice? How do we cultivate the capacity to be mindful and to engage in mindful living? Right. Sure. So I have a few steps that work really well for me, and I think they can help other people in making this more tangible in their lives as well. And it's taking that framework and putting it into actionable steps. So the first step I would suggest is one that you're likely familiar with, and that is to identify areas of your life where you are reactive. So you gave a great example with a child, with your family. Mm -hmm. Um, Things like when you feel like you have too much on your to-do list or even when you are driving, you might get road rage is one that comes to mind. Or for me personally, I know that I tend to be reactive when I get little sleep and I tend to have 
less patience, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and more reactive in that sense. So step one, identify areas in your life where you are reactive. Again, you don't have to do anything with these areas right now, just acknowledging them. So then the next step would be the next time you find yourself in a situation like this, practice adding in a pause and observing your response to the situation. And a really easy way to do this is just to connect with your breath. I always refer to the breath as your personal pause button. You can access it at any time. And even mm-hmm. just... Love it. Love yeah, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and even just having that awareness to say, okay, I'm in this situation. First things first, let me take a breath here and let me see what is going on. And then... Moving on to picking out a few points of self-inquiry that resonate with you. So a couple of points that I come back to again and again are what has factored in to how I'm feeling. So that could be Anything from lack of sleep could cause me to be feeling stressed. I could have gotten in an argument with my partner in the morning, and that is causing me to feel agitated. Um, so the first question, I'll repeat it, what has factored into how I'm feeling? The second question is more so about bringing an awareness into your body. So that would be, where do I feel this in my body? We all have our points of stress uh, where where we feel tension. Um, And so for me, I often feel that in my neck, in my shoulders, and I also all furrow my brows. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, And just by recognizing how that is showing up for you and and creating a reaction in your body. And then the third question I like to use is, how is this affecting my output? So what is it causing me to do in this situation? So we'll use the example of driving. Well, if you got in an argument with your partner, you're feeling agitated, maybe that is causing you to become angry with other drivers. Maybe it is causing you to speed and almost run through a red light, um, just taking you out of that place of awareness. So just identifying couple of, of questions that you can keep in your back pocket to begin inviting that awareness into your life. 
And then the last step would be finding a technique to process those thoughts, emotions, sensations that feels good to you, which we touched on before. Mm -hmm. And I would say the important thing here is to go deep and not wide. And what I mean by that is I think it's easy to get excited about practicing mindful living and wanting to start cultivating a lot of different mindful habits. Like you want to start a journaling practice and meditating and yoga and, you know, whatever it may be. And I think that tends to lead to overwhelm. And, and when you're spreading yourself too thin, it's not sustainable. And you're not creating the depth within your practice that is going to allow you to access coming from a place of awareness. So to begin, just picking one area of practice to start out with that will allow you to get into your flow and and process these things. When was it that you noticed a difference and you thought, oh my goodness, I responded differently. I'm feeling differently. Um, So what was that like for you? It happened really organically for me, but I began noticing less of an impulse, an impulsive reaction to turn to distractions in my life. I began noticing when I felt out of balance and instead of looking to my external circumstances to try and solve that, I began looking inward and saying, okay, I need to recenter myself in order to be able to return to a a mindful state in approaching the people in my life and the outside world. And you share some really amazing content on your blog. Um, Can you tell us where we can find you and how we can connect with you or how people can connect with you? Yes, absolutely. And again, thank you so much for having me. This has been such a wonderful conversation and I'm really happy that we were able to connect. Oh, me too. Absolutely. Yes, yes. To find my work, you can visit my website, which is mindful-livingblog.com. So that is where I share all of my content. And like I said, it, it started as a blog and we're now starting to evolve it into other formats. So we're beginning to do 
some recorded guided meditations. We are entertaining the idea of creating a mindful living app. And so I'm really excited to continue down this path and see where it takes me. Thank you all for joining us today. I absolutely loved having this conversation with Nina and the way in which she communicates mindful living. For additional resources and also inspiration, please check out the Mindful Living blog and Nina's guided meditations, which are on Spotify and Anchor. I'll be sure to link those in the show notes. Take care.